0: Welcome to the Conduit Deeper podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series, from current events to fascinating finds, to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined with our lead pastor each and every week, Mr. Darren Tyler, and this week our good friend and Bible teacher Tracy Rogers joins us. Hello.
1: Good morning. Hi, good morning.
2: Right? And we might add, you can't see it, but new, uh, what do we call Micah here? Micah Tiemann, our executive producer. Do we give him a promotion?
0: Executive nice. producer. I Mike like that.
2: Yeah, Micah's on the mixer uh, today, and uh, mostly because I suck at it, and and Mike is better at it. So. Yeah, yeah. it's actually a full house.
0: Yeah, we got a team. We're we're kind of upgrading our operations a little bit here. It feels right. Like. We moved it to the church, so we've been meeting at Darren's home office for these podcast recordings. Yeah. Uh, and so we're taking it up the next level. We brought it back to the church. We found a little office space here, and yeah, he
2: uses the word office space incredibly loosely. Yeah. If yeah. If, if if
0: we were running like a, um, if we had a camera, if this was like a live stream, people would be probably pretty unimpressed of, at the, uh, the setup.
2: <laughs> yeah. They might be unimpressed right now because we haven't soundproofed this thing yet. So it's kind yeah, we'll of, yeah, we'll see. We'll
0: <laughs> see. Well, this week we're going to dive into revelation 20. We're going to catch up on Sunday's teaching on deception. And quite frankly, there is a lot to talk about. Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Wasn't that uh, revelation 20? Um, so when we started revelation, uh, I was nervous about... I mean, who, who teaches Revelation that doesn't get nervous about Revelation? In general. Right. But I specifically was nervous about Revelation 20, going into it. Mm. Like, um, isn't that weird? Like, I, even going into Mark, when we were in Mark, there was that uh, sand to this mountain, be removed, cast of the sea. I was actually nervous about that, Mark 11. Um, and then Mo comes in on that Sunday and just, just drops some truth that the mountain was the law. That, I mean, so... Uh, but getting to Revelation twenty, it was one of those. Like, I just know that's coming. I'm like, oh, we're gonna have to cover like uh, the, the millennium and Satan thrown into a pit, and why is Satan getting released again on the thing? And it was like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, a lot to talk through. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, you know, just like you know, always the Holy Spirit comes through, and that was, you know, what we saw, what we see here is that there are two categories of people in Revelation twenty: those who are uh, being judged by Jesus, and those who are judging with Jesus, mm-hmm. and. The difference, one difference between them was uh, deception, and that was what we started on Sunday. I mean, Tracy, when you think about the millennium itself, um, a lot of people, uh, they, they say this is a uh, euphemism. Uh, mm-hmm. When you think about this, what, when you, what do you see in this? Is this like a literal thousand years coming to earth?
1: I do believe this is a literal thousand year reign. And uh, I really, I'm really fascinated by it. I feel like. I don't know if you remember the like Saturday Night Live skits where Chris Farley would interview an actor from a movie, and he'd go, "Hey, do you remember that movie you were in? That absolutely. was awesome. Or do you remember that song you did? That was awesome." Like that's how I feel when I talk about the millennial reign. I'll be like, "Did you know Jesus is going to come back for a thousand years and rule? It's going to be awesome. It's gonna be like, awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome." Do you remember? Like, yeah. Do you remember? It? You know. So that's how I feel because, like, I don't know if you've read Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. It's an entire book on what heaven will be like. And there's like two pages in there where he says, um, there's also the millennium and it's a thousand years and uh, we're not really talking about that here. And he just skips over. It's a thousand years of Jesus on earth reigning and ruling and we're going to be reigning and ruling with him. And you just don't hear people talking about that or acknowledging it or really they don't understand what's going to happen in those thousand years. And so I... When I see the thousand years here, you just start... For me, I start connecting dots. Like, yeah.
2: It's cool because I look at it. Um, I mean, It's funny. Younger, you just say, oh, it's a thousand years, and you just say it without even th- blinking or whatever. But right. when you come back and go, wait, 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 wait. Like a thousand years on earth of ruling and reigning. And by the way, um, everything in Revelation, we've said this before, is not new. This is hundreds of prophecies synthesized together into one book. But this is brand new information. The thousand years when you read in Isaiah or Ezekiel, uh, Micah, speaking of this coming time of mm-hmm. everybody under their own vine and, you know, cheetahs and lambs and all that stuff like that. But John is the first one to actually say it'll be a thousand year period mm-hmm. of time. And, uh, and and that's what, the, so chapter 20, that's literally mm-hmm. what we're, we're talking about. He says in verse one, I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss. And holding in his hand a great chain, he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil. Uh, again, ancient serpent, that's, the, uh, that's how we know in Genesis when it says the serpent. It never says Satan, it says the serpent. But here John is saying, no, that serpent, that was Satan. So nobody's stretching the truth. Who is the devil or Satan and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss uh, and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And, uh, and actually, we'll talk a minute about the after that he must be set free for a short time. Mm-hmm. that, that one, That's one of those little sentences that like John just drops it in here and you kind of kind of come back to that and think. But he doesn't just say deceiving. He actually says deceiving the nations. And that has been pretty on my mind this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Mo is... Uh, Everybody should have a guardian in their life. Um, the spiritual gifts of Romans 12, Mo would be the guardian, the, the leader, the, you know, which is the, because the guardians are always thinking about everything that can go wrong <laughs> and, they're, and keeping you safe from it. And so Mo has been keeping me pretty up to date on the Great Reset, which is happening uh, in the world. Um, like when we saw the election, the idea of, quote, build back better, which was campaign language that you saw from... Um, Biden and his campaign and you see that from Trudeau and others but Mo, for like an un, uh, maybe someone who isn't aware of that could you can you tell us yeah, what the Great so, Reset is?
0: So the Great Reset, like right now you're seeing this language pop up kind of everywhere globally and several countries are kind of leading with this phrase, they're putting out little YouTube videos about it like this past week at um, I came across uh, a video that the royal family released called "The Great Reset," and it's a promo video. It's basically marketing of this concept. This is the queen theme. in
2: this video is she like?
0: No, oh, but uh, uh, the son. The son is what's uh, Prince Charles. Prince Charles. Yeah, he's he's the one talking, and it's it's basically it's basically a marketing video, and they are marketing this idea, this concept of a great reset that because of COVID, because of climate control or, um, climate change, climate change, sorry, um, climate change, uh, because of these things, this is a fantastic opportunity to reset the world globally and conceptually. And you're seeing this language kind of fall into place across the globe. And, um, specifically, you know, you're seeing it, um, here, even in the U.S., with you know, you're seeing you're seeing phrases, you're seeing commercials maybe about it, or in articles about the Great Reset or Building Back Better. All of these phrases came from or came out of a a meeting that happened in January. It's a uh, um, happened in Davos, Switzerland. It's an annual meeting of the elite or the the most powerful prime ministers. Um, huge business owners. Trump was there this past January. Um,
2: is that where Leonardo DiCaprio got busted with his private jet uh, because the climate change people were like, you guys don't care about the climate, you're all flying your private Maybe,
0: that was, a, that, was a, that, was a, that was a few years back yeah. for but sure. But this is an annual meeting. It's but, an annual yeah. meeting in Switzerland put on by the World Economic Forum. And we talked a little bit about that last week. It's headed up. Um, by Klaus Schwab, Um, and maybe some of you did some research this past week on that. But the World Economic Forum is leading the charge on this concept of the Great Reset, this global idea of we are in an opportunity, a season of opportunity to change the world. And you're seeing it all over the place. Um, If you're paying attention, you're seeing it all over the place.
2: Like, nobody's out there... Well, I shouldn't say that because they kind of are now. Like, a, a year ago, even six months ago, I don't remember seeing a lot of advertisement for this, but now suddenly everybody's uh, rushing out with, like... But the World Economic Forum has been around a while and has been set up specifically for something.
0: Yeah, the World Economic Forum, it's... um, It's... It is... It leads with ideas that would be... um obvious, like ideas that we would all support, right? Like it leads with these ideas of, um, you know, battling inequality and, um, you know, safety for all and um, just these ideas that are, that that show that humanity is good, that humanity can be great, that humanity um, has all the potential to right the wrongs of the world. But as you dig deep into what some of their main focus is, it's, I mean, it's truly this idea of, it and, and you say this phrase now and, and people get weirded out because of maybe what it looked like 20 years ago, but it truly is kind of this idea of a new world order. And so I preface that because, you know, we heard that, or at least I heard that growing up and it was like this fear-mongering thing that was like out there, this, you know, this ambiguous idea, right? Well, I mean, today, it, it this is their goal. Like, this is the globalist's goal: is to have a a world that is in order together at one time. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's this idea of, you know, um, just a global rule that's that's put together by the experts. You, when you hear phrases like "follow the science," that's not just a an American concept or an idea. Like that's being propagated across the world of. We need to trust science across the board um, from climate change right. to uh, COVID to all of, these, all of these ideas are really science-led. And these are experts in the fields that are coming together once a year to talk about all of these things. Wow. And so it's, it's, I'm nerdy enough to pay attention and read a lot um, and watching kind of the World Economic Forum, WEF, is popping up everywhere right now. Hmm. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how how many fingers they have in things that are happening, kind of behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, when you um, when you put it that way, um, what it sounds like what they want to do is a great reset. Would be the great greatest reset, which is what Jesus is actually saying we're going to do here. We're going to That's right. start over again, but with Jesus ruling and reigning. And any time. Anytime you put something out there, right, whatever government, and you put in place of Christ, that's what we call Antichrist, um, you end up with a disaster. You These good intentions, I, I was engaging with someone about that um, this week, and it was, uh, same thing, like, hey, who wouldn't want this? And you guys know, we've been there, we've, anybody listening hopefully knows this, that Conduit is about that, drilling wells for water. Absolutely. You know, health and schools and like those are good things those are jesus things but when you do them without jesus um because the guy i'm engaging with i'm saying so great that's these are great things you're talking about who a gets to decide what is good and two uh then who enforces that because that's what it comes down to is my culture says this is okay your culture says this is okay Um, So who gets to decide which culture is the one that is going to decide what is good and what is not. And for anyone to think that these are quote obvious and that this will be so plain that everybody will just jump to it to, Mm -hmm. you know, to be a part of this thing is at best naive and uh, disingenuous and at worst just diabolical because we've had thousands and thousands of years of human history now and that has never worked, not without force. Um, and that's what concerns me is that at some point, um, I mean, in our own country, not to trip into a controversial thing, but mask quote unquote mandates, um, who gets to decide that that's the science and then how do you enforce it? You know, cause right now what you've got are, uh, people that think if you, uh, on one side, you think you're an idiot on the other side, you think you're an idiot. And so what's happening like in Ohio is, Hey, report them. If you see them violating this, report them. And that's happening in California. Because eventually, someone's going to have to force somebody to do something that is, quote, obvious. Um, there was a, a tweet that had floated around this week that actually did give me chills, which is along the lines so, of, what are we going to do with all these people who voted for Trump now? We Put them in re-education camps. We're going to have to teach them. We're going to have to force them to. I'm like, and people are like dogpiling on, like, that's a great idea. And with no sense of irony that that's what China is doing to weaker Muslims right now, two million of them. And... So when I look at Great Reset, I think on the surface, great idea, except without Jesus, then it's just a great disaster mm-hmm. waiting to unfold. Because um, when you read some of what they're saying, it actually sounds like some of the language, Tracy, from the Old Testament when the Bible spoke of this coming time, every man sitting under his own vine. and.
1: Yes, yes. it's. It is a time where Israel was looking forward to... Everything will be restored. It will be that time where our Messiah comes and reigns as he was promised to. So that's what you see a lot in, in what's coming in the millennium is yeah. the fulfillment of what God had promised his Messiah would do. You actually see in Ezekiel, it's, it's hard to read it. Just for those of you listening who go, I really want to read more about this. Ezekiel chapter 40, just through the end of the book, I think it's six chapters or seven chapters. It's all about the millennial temple. There'll be a new temple constructed. And it's detail upon detail of what that temple is going to look like. It's the second longest vision recorded in the Bible. Revelation's the the longest.
2: Interesting. This
1: temple is the second. That's how important that's going to be. And that's how encouraging it would have been to those Jewish believers in captivity who hear, like, there is going to be a rebuilt temple and there is going to be a time of mm. prosperity and mm. it's
2: and for us hope as well right yeah because that means there is because i can get a little nihil you know nihilistic Mm -hmm. uh you've been around me um but this is if if, again so jesus we've said this before too you know jesus was prophesied hundreds of times that he would come that he would die that he would resurrect and then he fulfilled them all Mm -hmm. so the idea that that he's suddenly going to stop fulfilling prophecies is at best naive and you know when a guy comes dies resurrects uh, exactly like he said he was going to do, then you should listen to what that person has to say, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened with Jesus. And so when he said that I'm coming back, uh, when John sees this here, you know, we we should pay attention to that, and it's why uh, so Israel would read these words and feel hope about it. Absolutely, you know, in Iran they read this and they feel hope about it. In America we read it and we still feel a little scared about it, but if you see this for what it is and believe that he really is going to come and to rule and to reign, that it's super hopeful. Like this is not mm-hmm. weirdo metaphor or whatever. He's literally coming to do that. That actually gives me an enormous amount of hope because what I feel like we're seeing right now feels like this is actually completely out of control. Like there, At some point, I mean the New York Times op-ed piece this week is actually making a case for why Silicon Valley should uh, suppress extremist views and you know, 100% in those extremist views would be considered Christians.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the obvious question. Like who defines extremist? Yes. Who defines that? Yeah.
2: I mean, it's right now it's basically Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, define extremist. Yes. Um, and whatever the, the, the squad of, uh, 28 year old, mm-hmm. uh, editors at the New York times are, are right now are.
0: Yeah. I guess extremism. one of the things that I would encourage our listeners, um, in and, and maybe the good portion of our listeners are already doing this just based upon the fact that they're listening to this. Um, they, they they may already be down this road of, you know, I would encourage you to not necessarily have all of your news information coming from legacy media. Oh man. Um, and truly like if you really want to know kind of what's happening or what's going on or trying to, you know, keep your ear to the ground of, of of what's happening, not only in our country, but around the world, you got, you got to do a little of your own digging and not just take everything for face value. That's coming from legacy news media, Google search results. Like the, there is so much information suppression that is happening right now. It's, and it's starting to come out in alternative news sites and even saying alternative news sites. I know. Labels you fringe is what they would say. So like, I mean, NPR
2: says fringe when they use yeah. that. They don't even say alternative. Anymore. Yeah, it's like
0: fringe. you're not allowed. It's yeah. like you're not allowed to search for your own outside of, you know, the big news media sites. Um, like that's that that labels you as, you know, fringe. Yeah, just just by doing your own research. Yeah.
1: Or you could do what I do, and that's just find your Enneagram five and six friends (laughs) who are doing all of this research and just go. Hey, what are what are you guys reading? What are you guys hearing about? Yeah, which is why I kind of mentioned that at the
0: beginning, like uh, (laughs) by the fact of our listeners listening to this podcast. Maybe they're they just kind of do that anyways, and. Just kind of, you know, trust like, some when of when you
1: guys have time to do all this reading? <laughs> yeah, all
2: day it's like, long. Uh, it's like when you have all that time to do the competitive uh, sports leagues and yoga and exercise. <laughs> like when, you're, when you're out there, like, exercising and getting in shape, I'm sitting, like, glued to right, it. Right, right. You know, completely for unhealthy reasons, but that's what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I look at that from even the perspective of trying to... Like, the men of Issachar, who understood the times they lived in and knew what to sure. do. Smallest tribe. There weren't very many. Maybe that was the tribe of fives. I don't know. The, um... Spiritual, uh, <laughs> spiritual gift language of Romans 12 would be the gift of teaching, the discerners um, that, that are in, the, in deep in that. But when you see this, so these are the times we live in, we need to understand them, uh, while at the same time uh, using God's gifts to look at how, to, how, how should we then live, you know? And when you see uh, these next verses that I saw, thrones, verse 4, on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge... And I saw the souls, which is fascinating. So back, like that sentence alone, Jesus is coming for a thousand years and we who are in Christ right now will be with him. And there's one of those parables, some will be in charge of 10 cities and some five and some one. I'm totally calling either Boulder, uh, Colorado or Maui, maybe Maui, I don't know, <laughs> um, completely different reasons, but we're going to be there for that. And that's part of why it's important to know truth now. Um, when when Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 6 one, we, you know, most people look at that and he's talking about litigation and why are you taking this guy to court you know he says in 16, uh, 1 Corinthians 6 2, because you guys are going to be judging like with Jesus so can't you figure out you know who owns this chicken instead of taking it to court knowing the truth is important to us it's why the word of God continuing to come back to it um, and it says and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus those are those who had come out of the tribulation period—that seven-year period that we've talked about—and um, because of the word of God, uh, so they had, because they were beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And I would say that that is Satan's trick from the very beginning of time. Right? Is your testimony of Jesus? That's his two main lines of attack: your testimony of Jesus and the word of God. And for both of those we need both of them we need the testimony of Jesus in our life and we need the Word of God in our life they're both there and that's when you see right now that's the two things uh, progressive Christians people that are attacking Christian faith uh, atheists attacking faith they're attacking our testimony of Jesus and they're attacking the Word of God Um, that's not a new trick they had not worshiped the beast or its image had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands we probably should stop there and say this. Uh, you can't take the mark of the beast accidentally. People are so scared of that. Um, and we're hearing it a lot because of the, the talk of vaccines uh, that are mm-hmm. a part of this. Um, and Mo, like when you read about the vaccines and stuff that are uh, in the pipeline, remember it's Mo at ConduitChurch.com.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you seeing with oh, that? Oh man, I mean, how how far down the information rabbit hole we want to go down on this
2: let's circle the hole circle it yeah look into peer into it but we won't deep can we do that
0: yeah i mean <laughs> it okay so you can you can zoom out a little bit and just do some basic observations on this something that's happening with this vaccination that is um, or this vaccine that is that is new is that it's an it's an m r n a vaccine which is a, a, it's a brand, it's, it's essentially a, a it's newer... Brand new, it's
2: brand new technology. It's
0: a newer technology. Um, it is, it's something that has never been done. And basically what it is, is it, it, it can affect or change your DNA over time to combat a virus. So it can modify or change your actual DNA. That has never been done. I mean, that is that's something you see maybe in a like a uh, sci-fi film, you know, Mm -hmm. like Minority Report or something like that, which is coincidentally one of my favorite movies. Um, (laughs) Well, I don't
2: think that's a coincidence at all. Right.
0: Um, And so, I mean, that's just that's just one element of it. Um, There's some other things that are happening kind of behind the scenes with this with with some of the vaccination trials that uh, include bioluminescence, which uh, part of the. Vaccine um, will have a element to it that can glow when scanned, so you can see whether or not that person has had the vaccination. When I say stuff like that, both of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, not crazy as much as like my jaws dropped a little bit. Yeah, Um, yeah,
1: like that's shocking.
0: But you don't have. I mean, honestly, you don't have to even like. You don't have to research very long to find it. It's like some of this is kind of common knowledge now in the past couple of months as to what capabilities the vaccine could have. Um, the other part of this is a that, that they're considering and is being, being touted, ironically or not, by the World Economic Forum and our good buddy Bill Gates, who is funding the majority of this research, is something called the Quantum Dot Tattoo. And I would encourage you to research that on your own. It is it is basically, for, for lack of a, a better explanation, it's essentially like inserting a QR code into the vaccination. A QR code is something we all know probably, right? Like something you can scan with your camera. It pulls up a, a, a database square. or a website, a little square. So they have figured out a technology that will allow a essentially kind of a liquid version of a tattoo to be uh, a part of the vaccine so that you are uh, accounted for. So if you, again, zoom out just logistically, that's very convenient. Like that's, that could be super helpful and convenient. So say you're a world traveler, you need to get around, um, you scan yourself or this particular area and it would show that you, are, you have the vaccine and you can move about, move about your day. Um, so there's a ton of convenience that comes with this. There's a database that's being built right now to help store these things, a central database, again, funded by the WEF.
2: It should be called the WTF. Can we <laughs> <say that? laughs> Sorry. Right, well. Children,
0: don't say that. Yeah, don't say that. I'm sorry. The fact of the matter is, there, there's there's a there's a bit more going on. Yeah. And that it, it, and, and this is and this isn't like, this isn't going this isn't going to happen in the next month or two months. These are things that are being that are being worked on. Um, another part of that potential vaccine would allow for this is in the future, but this is being worked on now, but will be available in the future. Um, is a is like a, a blockchain cryptocurrency ability. Um, Maybe you've heard of Bitcoin, but maybe. that type of cryptocurrency blockchain ability will also potentially be a part of this. Again, you really don't have to look too far. Like if you just put in some of those search terms that we've just talked about or I've just talked about in the past 60 seconds... You'll, you'll pull up a bunch that you can read about on your own. I'm trying my best to not sound incredibly crazy when I'm talking about well, this these things. This is what I love about Mo. I know, he,
2: right? He, he'll take it and I'm like, okay, I think he, uh, he will actually go to a place that I haven't quite gone yet, which is kind of nice. You're like the yeah. guy, the scout looking down the trail. So yeah, I'm here I, like, like a chicken hiding out <laughs> I kind of um, feel like, like that. You out there, Mo? You yeah, I'm going out there
0: um, before everyone. Because
2: I would, so for me, okay, I'm not anti vax. I respect people who have views that way. Um, one of the things that I think is incredibly insulting and condescending is that when someone is quote-unquote anti-vax, that they're stupid and naive. And the fact of the matter is is that most that are, they've actually asked a lot of really legitimate questions that are worth asking. Just, they just are worth asking. I have to get vaccinated to travel for pretty much everything. I remember, right. of course, now I look back and think maybe they were working on commission. I, I, my, when I first went to Uganda, I went to the Vanderbilt walk-in clinic. And they would show you like a picture and say, okay, like this is what this is this disease, this is what yellow fever is. And, um, and then this, like, hey, if you, if, you, if you get this, like things will wrinkle up and fall off. So you don't want <laughs> that either. And before long, I'm like $1,000 in. I'm like, well, I don't want it to wrinkle up and fall off. Like, I just like, vaccinate me for everything. Right. Um, and they told me by the time I was over that I could survive germ warfare, was basically what they said. <laughs> but but so the technology side of it is fascinating to me because when I go to Uganda, and those of you that have traveled with me, you have to present a yellow card, which is all your vaccines, which is this piece of paper that is yellow. And I lose it all the time. So I have to pay 50 bucks to get it over again. And I mean, it's very much the honor system. It's like somebody hand wrote it in. And every time I've ever gone into Uganda, the guy or a girl at the, they'll just kind of glance at it. Oh, come on in here. Um, I see the purpose of it. Like, I don't want to get malaria. So I take malaria pills. Um, and at the same time, there are people who take malaria pills have crazy weirdo Like one of the side effects of uh, malaria uh, medicine is you get like nightmares um, and we've definitely had people on yeah. trips waking up screaming thinking they're being attacked wow. by demons and it was like the malaria medicine um, I will uh if this vaccine is proven safe I'm about to lose a lot of respect from a lot of people right now if, if this is proven safe I would take this vaccine I, I, I just would because um, again I don't think we're going to be shocked by the mark of the beast we're going to be like oh crap now we're all screwed like the unpardonable sin um, and at the same time though I look at that and say I can also see how this technology and how these ideas because they're going to force people you can't get on planes right now without it like they're like a Qantas uh, just made their how do you say the QA Qantas yeah, uh, the Australian airline uh, his CEO announced that you're going to have to have the vaccine before you can get on his planes
0: um yeah so the other the other thing that's going to pop up you're going to see everywhere is this idea of a digital passport. Um it's going to be re- either required or I don't know if it'll be required across the board, but like United has stated they're going to use something called Common Pass. So Common Pass will be a health a digital health pass showing that you uh either have tested negative um or have an antibody antibodies or the vaccine for them for you to fly on their airline. Even um,
2: commercial locally, like in, in, within the United States, you're going to, that's what they're saying, just to get on a Well,
0: plane. the first phase of it, it will be international flights, okay. for sure. Um, again, Common Pass, you can research it. Another one is called Civic Pass, I believe it is. But you are going to hear a lot over the next 12 months, specifically pertaining to airlines and cruise ships, cruise lines. They're all talking about a digital Passport of some sort that will be required for you to get on their ship or their plane, yeah. and all of this is to cover cover them their liabilities yeah. at the end of the day. But you can see how this can 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 take on various forms um, and be adopted across the board. It's not lost on me
2: that in Revelation eighteen twenty three, that when Babylon was destroyed, that uh, talks about the merchants of the earth, but the last part of verse 23 is that by uh, your sorcery you deceived the nations and the word sorcery is the word pharmakia Mm -hmm. which is the word for (laughs) drugs like big pharma Mm. is part of that and it's fascinating to think that all those years ago how you know because they're talking about like like right now even like hallucinogenics have become this cool new thing I don't know Tracy if you're in your healthy world if people are Diving into hallucinogenics, because yeah, they're too smart. Um, but no, there are really brilliant people out there taking LSD and uh, hallucinogenics. Like They're going on these wellness retreats, which basically oh. means you're taking a hallucinogenic <laughs> and to cross over to the other. This is literally happening, crossing over to the other side. Uh, a book released just this year was talking about the secret history of religion and hallucinogenics. And this guy makes a case that all religions, world religions, were born out of hallucinogenic drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is, of course, the direct commands in Scripture because he makes a case that in Corinthians when they're uh, telling him don't take the uh, communion un, in an improper manner, he was suggesting that they were lacing their communion wine with LSD and that's why some people died. He made a, with a oh straight goodness. face said this um, with no mention of Paul warning against pharmakia over and over and over again. And so uh, who knows if it's vaccines, who knows if it's... But, but what we know is that big pharma... Uh, is part of the world right now. Big pharma is deep involved because if they're going to do like in India, they're about to dump a billion vaccines
0: mm-hmm.
2: into India. Yes. How do you do that? Like you're talking like a billion people. That would require like a hundred million people just to be like. I mean, I don't make. I just pulled that number out of my neck, but a hundred million people just to distribute this thing. Like, how do you even? You know, you'd know, you have a line from Hyderabad to Angol uh, just to get vaccines. But point is is that there's got to be some sort of an infrastructure in place to put this out there.
0: Yeah, and part of that infrastructure that, that you're seeing is basically big tech merging with big pharma. That is what it's going to take, and you're starting to see that already. It's this idea of technology and medicine merging. Fascinating.
2: I'm going to say one more thing, and then we're going to right back into Revolution 20, because we need Tracy to bring some word of God and some joy into this. (laughs) We're like 20 minutes in, we're already down the rabbit hole. I'm fascinated by this and I hope it's not offensive. um, One of my uh, podcasts that if I want to get my blood pressure up a little bit um, is Noah Feldman. Um, The guy is, he's actually brilliant, but he's for sure progressive, for sure liberal and for sure thinks that you and I are uh, idiots for believing in Christ or Christianity and, uh, back in May, he had he was interviewing Nader Muscadiva. I, I'm I'm saying his name wrong, but Nader uh, Nader works for a place today called Macro Advisory Partners. But he, for years and years and years, was part of Kofi Annan and the UN. And these guys are just having a conversation. But he says that when um, when COVID first was unfolding, that there were ideas and things everywhere. And of course, they take that opportunity to suggest that that's why we need the UN. That's why we need these things because these countries can't handle it on their own. And then he just sort of just drops out of the sentence and so at the very beginning uh, Bill Gates, Angela Merkel, and uh, Macron, I cannot remember his first name, so France, president of France, president of Germany, uh, and actually a a lady from uh, International Monetary Fund, so there's actually four of them, four horsemen of the apocalypse, maybe, I don't know. But Bill Gates, who, you know, to this day has record for creating the software that has frustrated most of us uh, on the planet, uh, Windows, it's his idea. So all these ideas are floating around, and Gates calls. They're literally making phone calls to Macron, and uh, here's the plan. Here's how we're going to do Here's the therapeutics. Here's the big pharma involvement. Here's the money we're going to need for it. And then those three, maybe four, then they call the who? The, the World Horse, Horse the World Horse Organization? The World <laughs> Health Organization. Close and enough. tell them the plan, and that they're the ones that are going to front the plan for these countries like it's some global thing. Um and at one point, Noah Feldman, who is a good card-carrying liberal and is offended by billionaires, um, says, "Wait a minute! Is that's astonishing uh, that you would that we literally have a billionaire deciding just because he's a billionaire?" Mm-hmm. Um, the point being that, th- like, the plan that we're all following right now globally started with the Gates Foundation, and that's not like you know, Infowars, like back like that's actually did happen. And we hear people now say, well, if you're not uh, you know, uh, an epidemiologist, you should have no opinions at all about this stuff. We literally let the guy that invented Windows mm-hmm. devise a plan, sell it to a couple of uh, presidents, who, by the way, Germany isn't exactly thrilled with this plan right now. They're protesting all over the place in Germany of these new lockdowns. I'm just saying, when you see the future of how this world and the Great Reset, that you've got people already thinking this is what we need. Here comes this worldwide disease and the best thing we could do is just tell everybody to shut up and get in line we'll save you and then we'll create this new world this new better thing because you're right we've heard about that i mean for years right this coming world a new world order whatever um but here we are we're like we're kind of watching it unfold in real time before it was like backroom deals it's not like youtube videos like by the guys promoting it for themselves and again this specific vaccine for this specific thing, I totally respect anybody who's not gonna take it. The new technology part I'm going to be honest that kind of wakes me out a little bit Because um, it is new
0: um, never been done,
2: yeah, so that's a little weird, uh, actually that's a lot weird but but if it's safe, like I'm not like I don't see that as a maybe I'm being too naive, but I don't see that as a conspiracy theory, but I do see it as something we ought to ask
1: you can see how a spirit of fear will convince people to do things well, that that's true. they normally wouldn't do. So oh, yeah. I'm not sure it's this vaccine or this particular virus, but what we have been able to see right now is what a spirit of fear will compel people to Oof. do and how they'll behave. So you can easily yeah. jump to the yeah. next step. It's not a far to, jump at all. It's not a far jump at all. Yeah. Once, out of, now that we've seen how people have already behaved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and if, if we would have said... If, if someone objectively a year ago would have described or painted a picture of what the world, our country, or our state would have looked like a year ago, we would have said, you all are crazy. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, no, that would here, never happen. That is a failure of imagination, right? Yeah. Like, like, I didn't
2: think any of this was going
0: to happen. And 12 months later, yeah, here we are. With states acting crazy. Yeah. Like, you can't even get groceries in New Mexico right now because the grocery stores are closed, per the governor's orders, for fear of corona spread. Yeah. if, if So any- they're all
2: driving to te- I have friends in New Mexico yeah, driving to Lubbock for groceries. They're sending thousands of people into Texas. Because you got to have food. Yeah. Like, this is not like rocket science, but oh, maybe it is. I don't know. But you're right. What we've seen right now is even in a democracy that somebody, I mean, in LA, their health director or whatever, who's not a doctor, so they always make fun of people who aren't doctors having opinions, that literally is not a medical doctor. This lady who's making these decisions for Los Angeles, that one lady has all this power because she thinks this is the right way. So imagine that on a macro level um, globally, and look, at some point... In the world, I cause I, I would say it right now. I'm looking at could we get somebody who was coherent to just tell us a plan that we could all get behind, to give us some kind of like could Ronald Reagan reappear? You know, and everybody I, I'm old enough to remember he was hated, you know, by people. We all look back and we, you know venerate him now, but you know, but at the time he was hated by a lot of people. But at least the guy was quick and he was calm and he was eloquent and he was hilarious, and someone's showing up in the world scene right now. If you're living in the fear like Tracy is talking about, I could see, you know, suddenly I can see how that can happen. Right. 189 or 190 countries in the world all pursued the exact same policy at the exact same time. That's never happened in history before. And so when I hear people say, well, people thought the world was going to end before. That's true. They have. And that's what Jesus warned us, by the way. Don't be cynical. People have said that. Don't laugh. Don't scoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because and I would say like for the first time we have things we have Israel now we didn't have that for right. 2000 years almost we and we have uh, the ability to get the world order together we get you know things are happening right now that are like wow this is like I wish Chuck Missler could have lived to see this day <laughs> <laughs> this sure. stuff Chuck Missler said was going to happen Oh yeah, and here we are
0: well you, you talk about deception and it's a slow it's a slow mm-hmm. it's a slow fade I, I feel like like if if a population is deceived to the links that we are seeing, that didn't happen overnight. Like, I feel like that's, that's a slow fade. Yeah. Like that's, and it goes back to your point, even on Sunday, like the opposite of deception, um, is humility, humility like this in, 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 a lot of these decisions are not being made out of humility. They're being made out of ego and pride because they know. Yeah. They think they know. Mm-hmm. Well, when the thousand years are over, verse 7, Satan will be
2: released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations. Again. Again. <laughs> he doesn't come up with a new technique because yeah. it worked really good worked. the first time. Uh, Gog and Magog and gather them for battle in numbers like the sand on the seashore. Tracy, what in the heck is he talking about?
1: So what we have to remember are there are people who will have lived through the tribulation. So they never died. They lived through the tribulation. They didn't take the mark of the beast. And they are now in this millennial reign and they, they're they still alive. When they're living with a thousand years, Jesus ruling, righteousness reigning, righteous and justice, like perfect government, they they really don't have like... Any, any temptation to do anything wrong, like Jesus is ruling everything. So the reason, in my opinion, Satan has to be released is for the same reason uh, there's the tree of knowledge in Eden. Mm. It's, it's a way to say, I respect your free will. I'm asking you to obey me, but you have to make the choice. Yeah. So you have to choose. So we have to give those people who lived over that thousand year to make the choice to choose Jesus. And the scripture tells us... But some won't. A lot won't.
2: The sand of the seashore won't.
1: Filled with people who choose yeah. Satan.
2: And you think, I think about that and, and the, the, for eternity. If there are people in here who are murderers, who are, you know, the things that they say... like. You can't, like, that can't work in, in, in an eternity Those, if you're that. Like, I don't think any, like, again, I don't think, I said this on Sunday, it's not like a puppet and now I've been tricked into being deceived. There are things, I, decisions I've made that i decided to do this and I've decided to be deceived. And by mm-hmm. the time you're going into that, you are deceived at that point means I believe something to be true that's not. And that's why it's so complicated to get somebody. You can, you can get somebody into fear a whole lot easier than you can get them out of fear. Yes. Um you get somebody into deception. That's why cults like people make a living off of getting people out of a cult. Um we call it being brainwashed. Right. But it's just you believe an idea that is false. Um
1: And this could be a fringe a fringe theological thing. I I don't believe there's a redemption for Satan. I don't believe that God is wanting anything like that. But if someone like universalists, like sometimes they think that there will be this um, everyone comes to Christ and everyone will come to know and and, and then the, they even debate within themselves like does that include angels does that include yeah, like yeah. how, how far reaching is that list, yeah. so like if we were to decide to have that conversation you would say well Satan was given a thousand years uh-huh. to think about what he's done how yeah. he was defeated and he comes out and he even still says no I think I can get this I can guy
2: go, I can get it down I think I can get it around. down
1: I've been planning it
2: it's, yeah, because that's what it, like they're going to take a thousand years, or whatever, and they're, they're going to gather together right. people at, like the sands of the seashore and come against God's and come people in right. Jesus, like declaring war. Like that's right. you know,
0: which which comes back to pride, right? Like it wasn't that what got him kicked out to begin yes. to begin with? Yes,
2: yeah. The two things, right? I think it's Isaiah that talks about that I wanted to be like him, you know, mm-hmm. which is equality with God, and Ezekiel is uh, pride. Whereby I might mm-hmm. be getting those in reverse, but it's pride and equality. I want to be equal with God and not equal with each other, but equal with God and, and pride
1: and, and temptation. When he tempted Christ, he said, you bow down and worship me. Like he wants worship.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He
1: wants, he wants to be worshiped. Yeah.
2: And isn't that funny? Cause that's literally, I mean, you talk about one of the core human things. I respect Paul, you know, the disciples so much in acts when they came uh, after they had cast demons out or something had happened and he had miracles and they came and they began to worship him. And it says that Paul tore his clothes. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm just one of you. I'm just one of you. Um, knowing that that that's poison to our souls. Right. You know, God isn't a glory hog. He knows that it will short us out and destroy us.
0: Uh, so this feels like a battle of pride and humility. Yeah. Right? Cuz if really is, yeah. If if the opposite of uh, deception is humility, well the opposite of humility can be pride. I mean, it feels like a, a humility pride battle. Yeah.
2: Because it, yeah, so that to talk about that like the de- like deception itself like Humility is our number one weapon against it, which is just to say, because now I will say like some of the guys, like Rob Bell, some of these guys, well, we just can't know. That's actually humility because what they're saying is nobody can know. And so, because we can't know, we can do whatever we want to. That actually is this weird trick, but humility (laughs) is saying I'm, I'm not God. Right. Humility would say, is it possible that if I'm not God, that he might do something that I wouldn't agree with? Um, Because if, if the only thing that your God does is say things you like that He says, does things you agree with that He does, whatever, that God is you, um, mm-hmm. and and that's a very dangerous. In fact, when Jesus, uh, when Jesus, when John, again, writer of Revelation, talks about the spirit of Antichrist, uh, right, Earth, yes, because um, look, there will be a real world leader. Okay, we're talking about that. That is really going to happen, probably in our lifetimes. But we can get so caught up with that, even in our own pride, we could then miss that John says, hey, but look, tap the brakes, First John 4, uh, because you can fall into the deception as well. Mm-hmm. He says, dear friends, do not believe, 1 John 4, 4, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Boy, if he could have known then oh, man. Like how much that would proliferate. And verse 2, you can recognize the spirit of God Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. And that word anti uh, in Greek does mean opposition to, and it means in place of. So it's not just I'm opposed to it, it's I'm in place of that opposing this. And everybody that I know, that I've studied, whether it's Richard Rohr or Rob Bell or whatever progressive you know, line of Christianity you've gone down to, just on that deception alone, they all eventually will come to the same thing, which is that Jesus was a really great example. Uh, he showed us how to love. He And you basically then deny the resurrection. Stan Mitchell, who was a pastor here in town, I remember his Easter sermon from a few years ago where he said, whether or not Jesus really rose from the dead we don't know, but it's a great story of how you can resurrect from your problems, and I'm like
1: Oh my goodness.
2: Right out loud he said that. Um yeah, like he said the quiet part. But the point was is Paul said it, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we're screwed. Like go home. I mean, go get a job that actually pays money because if he didn't raise from the dead, then none of this matters. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And that is something. Again, that's an extreme version of it. Some of you are listening going, well, what well, he didn't raise some of that. Most of you, though, are like, okay, but I would never believe that. I would suggest to you none of those guys believe that at the beginning. When you hear them say, well, I've always wondered, I've always questioned, that's hyperbolic. They didn't always wonder. They went down this path. And when you get to a point where you yourself are now Jesus was a good man or whatever, that is spirit of Antichrist, which is why, by the way, the Great Reset is the spirit of Antichrist. Because they're saying we're going to reset the world literally without Jesus in it. That is Antichrist absolutely us in our personal walk with Christ humility says uh, that I am so desperately wicked that Mm -hmm. nothing short of the death of the son of God would save me Mm -hmm. and when you listen to most progressives what they're saying is that you are good and that's why the great reset will work because humans are good again thousands of years of human history prove that that is completely naive but the spirit of antichrist would say that um so, you're so desperately wicked that you can't be saved. But then, you know, the, the beauty of the gospel is it says, but you're so loved, and you're so cherished that he did it willingly and he did it gladly. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Christian worldview is so unique that it can be humble. That you could be, because otherwise I'm so loved and whatever, that would make me prideful, right? Uh, otherwise, if I'm just so wicked and so desperate, then, I, then I'm shame. But the gospel mm-hmm. negates both of those for us. And the spirit of Antichrist, he says in verse three is that you heard is coming, even now is already in the world. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago, that was already uh, in the world. Um, and I love this, uh, the verse 6, We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and falsehood. Um, there are those who can hear this even, and they think we're crazy, and they're not listening to us. Right. Pay them no mind. Dust off our shoes. That's right. In humility, we don't change our message to try to win those there. The message is true, uh, and we let the Spirit lead in that way. Um, in these last few verses of Revelation 20, uh, it's so amazing because he talks about the judgment of the dead. I saw a great white throne in him who was seated on it. The earth, uh, verse 11, and the heavens fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. Books were opened. And another book was opened, the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they recorded in the books. Tracy, what in the world? Like, how? Who's, who is in front of this throne right now being judged?
1: So this the... is widely called the great white throne judgment. Yeah.
2: My sons and daughters think that that is... The toilet in my master bathroom, by the way, but that is not true. The Great White Throne. The Great (laughs) White
1: Throne. throne. Uh so this is these are the lost. These are people who never came to know Jesus, who never believed throughout history? Throughout history. Throughout history. These are all they're 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 dead. They this is when they are resurrected and they stand before Jesus. And this is not a Plead your case before me, and then I'll decide. It's it's already set. And what I think is interesting is it says um, that he was he, uh, verse thirteen uh, gave up their dead, and they were judged according to their deeds. And I'm just reminded of hmm. like the sermon uh, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is saying there are people who are living, trying to accomplish righteousness on their own. And then there are those who will believe in, in Jesus and you will receive my righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost mm. like th- these are the people who said, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do what, I, what I've what i decided what's right to me. I don't need you. I can do this by myself. It's back to pride. Yep. But they're the ones who are going to stand there and Jesus is going to say, it just wasn't enough. Whatever you think was enough and what you were supposed to do wasn't enough. You didn't believe in me. You didn't receive my righteousness. All the good work you think you did is never going to be enough. Hmm. And they're they're sentenced.
2: Where if you are a Christian like we are in this room and many are listening, we are not in front of this throne?
1: No. We're not in front of this throne we had an opportunity to stand before the throne there's some questions on when that was it's often called the bema seat Mm -hmm. of christ we stand before the throne and we receive rewards it's an opportunity to for for us to receive i believe we receive crowns uh so it's that's when we have ours i don't know where we're going to be in this um we kind of can get caught up in the academic of it. This is this judgment, and this is who's resurrected, sure, and this yeah. judgment, and this judgment. But like, What always happens to me is I start thinking about this judgment, and like, there are people we know who don't know Jesus, who have not received Him, who are not living uh, according to His righteousness, and right now their fate is this white throne judgment that leads to eternal hell. Yeah. And uh I would just, I would be crushed if someone said, Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me that this was coming? Or why didn't you tell me that? So I just have sort of lived my last, you know, six to ten years, I don't know, just like may none of my friends wonder if yeah. where they're gonna be. Because like God is giving us this is what's coming. And it's it's one thing for us to sit around and go, oh, that's what that's what this means, and this is the timeline. But really, it should like shake us to our core and say, mm-hmm. "You need to tell your friends. You need to tell the world. This is their fate, if they don't come to know me." Yeah. And so this is like outside of tribulation, outside of all that. Like, you can go, "Well, we're not gonna. We'll be dead by then." Every lost person is standing before yeah. the stone.
2: And that's important because again, when you get into a book like Revelation, the temptation would be, "Okay, well now we need to go bury weapons and food and you know whatever." Move to a compound um, or we just get caught up in the questions and the guessing and the. And I, if that's where we end up we've completely missed what John was hoping to accomplish that's here, right. which is that people need to know this mm-hmm. and so we have Paul says all of us are called to the ministry of reconciliation reconciling mm-hmm. man unto Christ or Christ unto man and that for us is an important part of our ministry here Yeah. You can, if you're listening, you don't have to feel any pressure of I'm a salesperson trying to close a deal. You're a farmer sowing seeds. That's the language Jesus uses. I'm sowing the seeds. I don't have to close the deal. It's the Holy Spirit. But for us, we have to sow them, which is to speak Mm -hmm. of them. And the bima seat judgment, uh, Greek word, it was the, the, Paul did that really well uh, as far as he would take something from their world that they knew. And then use that as a metaphor for them that they would understand. And that was the seat that was in the arenas when they were competing in athletics and the Olympics, whatever. That would be the Bema seat where the rewards were given up. Mm-hmm. Here's how you did. Uh, here's your medal for it. Um, it was not about punishment. And that is important if you are a believer. One of the reasons why this is the place in uh, Revelation, the, the, the color of the throne is mentioned. To my knowledge, it's the only place in Revelation where the color of the throne is mentioned and the color of the clothes are not. The people standing in front of the throne, um, every place else are in white linens, Mm -hmm. speaking of the perfection that was given to them. Um, And here they're not, because they're now going there in their own righteousness. And that is the beauty of what Christ did, is now we get the opportunity to stand in front of him, not according to what we did, but according to what he did. And that's the scandal of grace, Mm -hmm. the scandal of the gospel. And it's a scandal because it's unfair. (laughs) Right. uh, Right. Right? Yeah, that's why. Again, I, think, I can't remember if I on this podcast, but you know, when you're talking to a Muslim about the gospel, you know when they understand what you're saying when it makes them angry, because they look, well, that's not fair. I've had that conversation mm-hmm. multiple times, and that when they they we sort of take it for granted, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, whatever Christianity, but it's not fair, but it's the only way. Because any other way that it's about me getting my perfection in mm-hmm. front of him, I will end up, Isaiah says, with filthy rags is my righteousness. The that's best, right. My best day mm-hmm. is still filthy rags. And that's a hopeless thing. And that's why Jesus had to come. And that's why the spirit of Antichrist would say, you can get in front of there without him. You can get in front and make save yourselves without his work. That's what he's saying mm-hmm. this, uh, in 1 John. And for us to, to look to the future. And yeah, that's that, I'm thankful that you said that. Because... That's got to be our motivation, Right. that nobody, at least within our circle of influence, nobody within our reach, whatever, should ever know or not know that, that this is at least from us. We can say, look, we told you. We really told you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and by the way, the Bible does say that anybody standing in front of this throne will be without excuse. Mm-hmm. So if you're immediately going down to that question of what about the pygmies, what about these tribes, whatever, all I know is this, that anybody who is there, it will be without excuse and that the goodness and the righteousness of God, uh, that we will say righteous and true your judgments. Uh, on this day, none of us will say, well, that just really sucked for those people because they, they didn't know it wasn't fair. I don't know how that works out. I just don't. I do know this, that Jesus became God or God became whatever, man in the flesh. Jesus died for us. That's the goodness of God. So, so it's it's whatever it is, it's going to be good and it's going to be righteous. And I know I'm oh, sorry. No, 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 go, go, go. Yeah.
1: I know this week we do have Thanksgiving and it just reminds me that Jesus said in Mark the son of man came eating and drinking. And mm. we see Jesus sharing meals, not just not meals with just the 12, meals with sinners. Like why does your why does your rabbi eat with sinners? Mm. Why is he eating with tax collectors? So I would just say to anyone listening who's maybe it has someone on your mind and you don't know if they know Jesus. You really don't know the state of their heart. I would say then you need to share meals with them
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and let that be your method of of the gospel. It doesn't have to be let me open my bible and have a big discussion with you. It's just sitting down with them and spending that time with them and praying the holy spirit just opens a door. Um, but you just do it over a meal, yeah, just like Jesus. Over
0: some Chick-fil-A, over some gospel chicken. Some Jesus chicken. <laughs> some Jesus chicken.
1: <laughs> or, or not. That's oh, the best, just, you know, <laughs> the preferred method.
2: Verse 14, then death and Hades, interesting, were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Death and Hades thrown in there. Everyone that has ever had to say goodbye to a loved one. There's this, it's, it's not just, uh, how do I say this? This is defeating death. We, there's no more tears. There is no more goodbyes. There are no more of death and separation for us. In this, there is no more Hades, which different purposes, different meanings, whether it's a place, whether it's a whatever it is this concept of a place that you are separated from God is now gone. And then everyone whose name was not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Loaded question, and I know this is loaded. Is that a literal lake or not?
1: Oh I used to always Think it was? Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Um, when you talk about, you're not alone in that, by the way. Yeah, I, I think it's when I just think of what eternal separation would be like. I, if you just think of darkness and just that emptiness and, I, I that sounds terrible to me, even beyond burning. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, I'm with you on that. I think, uh, by the way, one of the number one reasons uh, people who've walked away from their faith give or are, that's keep them from accepting Christ, whatever. Uh, one is evolution, by the way. Uh, huh. Number one on the list. Number two, uh, which we can talk about that in an upcoming episode. Uh, but anyway, uh, number two uh, is sexuality. That's that's rocking up. But number three is this, like eternal fire, hand in of open flame kind of thing. Every youth group you've ever been to, whatever, at some point, he says, if you just held your hand into the flame of the you know um but here's what i would say just because it's metaphor doesn't mean that it doesn't mean nothing okay so some people would say well it's just metaphor yeah sure but it speaks of something mm-hmm. and whatever it speaks of is speaks of a something that's bad because it's fire mm-hmm. but i would say verse 14 death and hades those are ideas not literal things those mm-hmm. are ways of being those are things and it's thrown into there along with them So are we saying that these two are metaphor and the other two are literal? That doesn't feel like good hermeneutic or exegesis when you think of the scripture. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's a picture that he's trying to get across to us here. Um, And again, whatever it is, I I love Tim Keller's metaphor of it uh, because when he says what what fire actually does is disintegrate Mm -hmm. you, separate you from, that feels like a fairly good imagery of what is happening. We are basically, in C.S. Lewis, The Great Divorce, you are the worst part of who you are Forever, like the bad mood mm. or whatever, and now you're there, but that's who you are forever. Um, there's a view of, of, that's called annihilationism, where the soul is actually destroyed and no more. Um, here's what I would say. I'll oh, put it this way. What would put you fully in the realm of, of heresy? Okay? Universalism puts you fully in that, like sure. where everybody is saved. and like, it's just, there's, there's way too much of the Bible that requires a rewrite for that to be true. Um, you Can Believe in Annihilationism. Um, Francis Chan's book, Erasing Hell, is an yeah. amazing book.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to mention that too. I yeah. agree.
2: The guy that co-wrote it with him when they were done. So first of all, Francis Chan, Humility, says, I thought I knew a lot of stuff that was already settled, and I get through this book, and I'm like, that's oh, actually not as settled as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Chan still believes in some sort of a, an eternity, which I, I think that's where I'm at too, where souls go on forever. The guy that co-wrote it with them has actually embraced what's called annihilationism, which is just, you're gone. Mm-hmm. It's over. Like, you're gone. Um, I think you can believe that because, you know, there are, there are scriptures that they bring out where that is a thing, where that is a... But, but universalism feels to me like the line where there's no... That, that is now everybody's saved. Uh, doesn't feel like it's it. And whatever that is, that leg of fire is, whatever it is, it's someplace you don't want to be.
1: Right. Right.
0: You're giving me the heresy look, Mo. No, I'm just I'm processing okay. and thinking through
1: the um, the scratching. The it might have been yeah. in that book. It might have been in Erasing Hell. Um, that, but they talk about like levels of hell or different hells for different people. And yeah, and in my human brain, that felt that I that sat well with me. I'll put it like that. Yeah. To think that, and if it is, maybe you must endure pain for this long and then you're annihilated or and some people yeah. have to do it longer like but there's something weirdly comfortable and comforting about
0: well it's more fair hell being there's but a, then
1: that makes me uncomfortable that i'm looking for fair there's
0: more fair and more justice yeah in that. so
1: it's but that that's that's a thought that's out there is that yeah. hell is kind of different for different yeah just as heaven has different rewards
2: yeah well that's it. so there's a little bit of an older idea there because that was Dante's Inferno I mean, that's right. the
1: Right right the, the, the levels
2: Yeah the levels yeah. of hell yeah. yeah so there's an idea of that and of course many of our modern imagery actually comes from Dante and sure. his work. you know from oh, when you think of like you know pitchforks and mm-hmm. claws and bony fingers and um, that, that that's not necessarily something taken from scripture that's taken from Dante but yeah, I agree that in, in the in the same way that levels of reward seem ve- well, not seem they're very very biblical, very biblical mm-hmm. that levels of retribution would be a mm-hmm. biblical idea, um, and there are ways there are t- there are two or three scriptures where you can see that you know this sin is actually greater and so it will be punished greater. Right. Um, I know this, whatever that is, I don't want to be there. That's right. And right, exactly. I know this That's that right. whoever is there, that no one will say oh, that wasn't fair That's because right. they had their chance and they would, they will be without excuse. Yeah. Um, last thoughts thanksgiving week tracy
1: <laughs> well i always come back to the god of promises a god who says he what he says what he's going to do and he does what yeah. he says and when you go through revelation chapter 20 then yet again we just see he promised he would come he would reign that everything would be restored, there would be one kingdom, and it's His kingdom, and and it's coming. And so, whatever Thanksgiving looks like for you this week, where it's if you're choosing to do Zoom Thanksgiving or just a small Zoomsgiving, yeah. <laughs> Zoom's or if it's friendsgiving or uh, whatever it is, just He's still God. His promises are still true, and uh, even though Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Eating and drinking and celebrating with people we love is God's idea. And we see that in Deuteronomy. So I just enjoy him this week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, no, that's good. That's, that's, I mean, you summed it up really well there, Tracy. I I just encourage, and I think I've said this the past few podcasts, but I would just encourage anyone listening um, and us in this room, just, just to zoom out and see the bigger picture and, and um, trust in the faith that you have in the scriptures and, um, and trust the spirit to lead you, um, to wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really easy right now with everything going on, you know, it's been three weeks and we still don't have a president <laughs> named, uh, the, <laughs> by true. the way. Um, it, so there's, I mean, there's just so much happening, uh, not only in our hometowns, um, in, in our state, in our country, across the world, um, that it's really easy to get caught up in all of that and staring it in the face. And just, there's just a lot to be, um, to, that can kind of wrap up your mind and, um, and, and a lot of anxiety and fears. And I would just encourage all of us to just zoom out to the big picture and kind of see everything in context. Yeah. And there's, there's hope and that there's, um, there's in, in, through hope and faith. We know, um, we know where we stand.
2: And I would say that, you know, the Bible speaks about the idea of redeeming the time because the days are evil. Mm. Yeah. And that means redeeming. I only have so much time. So what am I going to use that time for? Um, redeeming it, the time. Like uh, here are, you know, we you have, have time for the word of God. You've got time for sharing the gospel with your friends. You've got time for freeing slaves in Southeast Asia or for, you know, some of the families over Thanksgiving, you're going to be, uh, serving homeless people, our friends at Place of Hope, wrestling for addicts, redeem the time. You've got, you know, this idea of redeeming a coupon. I'm handing in this for in exchange for something else. I'm actually redeeming my time in exchange for something else. So my, whatever, 24 hours in a day, someone's going to be sleeping, whatever. But so many of those hours I can redeem in exchange for eternity, the crowns spoken of mm-hmm. uh, by Paul in Second Corinthians.
0: Uh, and, and I would say a step further a little bit is, is that part of the redeeming the time, at least maybe for us in this room and those listening, is um, is, is digging for the truth in the middle of all the deception. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's part of redeeming the time, like, like work, working out our faith, working through, working through um, the confusion to find clarity. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a good exercise for all of us right now, too. Yeah
2: yeah and I would say I'll take it a step further with that even so here we are step further step further step further Um, you know Romans 12 speaks of these spiritual gifts and you know your gift might not be even in uh, seeking truth but it doesn't mean you shouldn't seek truth but then also to you know allow those with that spiritual gift to help you process some of that in the same way those with the gift of mercy can help me be merciful that's right Um, but that's yeah, you're right. So there is some. We have so much time, and if we get distracted, get deceived, um, that's certainly not redeeming the time. And uh, and I'll, I'll say this one last thing, and then and then we we got to hang it up. You guys got to get to your Thanksgiving dinners. Um, but as far as us redeeming our time here, uh, we only have who knows how much before Jesus returns. Um, I would love nothing more than for Jesus to return and just. Like you talk about a hunting dog, where you got to pull him back because he just wants to keep going after the ducks. I would rather that be our posture—that when Jesus returns, that I'm like, I'm like holding on to the earth because I want one more people, one more person. I'm just like, he's yanking me out of here, as opposed to me, terrifyingly running out of here. And to me, that's the gospel in general—that we have that job right now. That when he returns, I want him to find us working, occupying until he comes. Matthew 25, and That's that's. that's what we want to be. And so that's what we're doing at conduit. And for those of you that have continued to be radically generous, more families have gone free this week in Southeast Asia, more will go. We got 10 more families being vetted. Wow. That's great. Um, our classrooms are being sponsored. Uh, we need more of them. Uh, we're opening those schools in Africa and in Haiti because those children are safer there than they are at home right now. Mm. Um, so we're, we're just super thankful for that. You can find out more information pretty much about all of that at conduit church.com. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have been radically generous with us and that you, you are literally changing the time, uh, changing the, 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 the futures of people. And so we're grateful for that. Mo, how can they uh, keep up with us
0: everywhere online? Search conduit, the weird church name, conduit church. You'll find us at Twitter and Facebook, uh, Instagram and, uh, conduit obviously. Yeah. And 10 AM, you know, we go live on YouTube as well every week if you want to jump in and um, catch one of our online services as well. Or if you're in town, come visit us.
1: Yeah,
2: we'd love to have you. Tracy, thank you for being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Happy Thanksgiving to you. Mo, always good. Absolutely. Micah, welcome to the jungle. Thank you. We're excited to have you. Uh, God bless everyone listening. Um, if you want anybody to pray with you, you need prayer of any kind, uh, info at conduitchurch.com. We've got uh, Holy Ghost uh, prayer warrior women uh, and men, by the way, but there's a ladies group that prays every Tuesday morning. We'd love to be able to, to have them grab a hold of the throne of grace on your behalf. And, uh, so, yeah, thank you. We will see you either this Sunday or catch you next time on our deeper podcast. Thanks for listening.